present to those that are online and to those that are absent for whatever reason. Uh, we like to say good morning to all of you. We are thankful and we're grateful for once again another day's journey. Another day's journey in this thing called life. It's called life. We like to invite your attention this morning once again to the book of First Kings. We like to invite your attention once again to the book of First Kings. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we, we talked about and we dwelt, dealt with uh, a title called Journey. Uh, we were dealing with our church anniversary, and we talked about the journey, and we talked about uh, we're using the text from First Kings chapter number 19. And as a review, we talked about how with Elijah, how things were going on, how things was happening in his life, and how he was in conversation uh, with the adversary, uh, Jezebel and uh, Ahab. Uh, we acknowledge the fact that <clears throat> Ahab, uh, it meant the, the ruler of our flesh. Ahab meant the, the, uh, the means the, the rule of our uh, will and our desires. It also means false intellect and our ruling will and desires. And we talked about the spirit of Jezebel, and Jezebel is that controlling spirit, and it has unbridled passions and desires. We talked about how when Jezebel sent a message, she sent a message to Elijah, and he heard the message, and he took off, even though he had just won a great battle. He was just in a great battle, and once he heard the message, he, he, went, he took off. He ran, just like oftentimes we do when we hear the voice of the adversary speaking to us. We go in a different direction. And how he ended up sitting down in a, under a juniper tree, and he sat there, and um, he was in a state of depression, and that's where his emotions were. And it's sometimes just the way we are sometime in life when we go through different situations in life. We find ourselves in a depressed state. So Elijah found himself in a depressed state. So the Lord says to him, he sent an angel and told him that the journey was too great for him. The journey was too great. So what he did, he began to feed him with bread from heaven. He needed some manna. He needed, some, he needed something to refresh him. He needed something to give him strength. And so as he sat uh, and he went to sleep and he took in the bread of heaven, which is the word of God, he began to be strengthened. And then he got a direction, and it was for him to arise and, he, and for him to go. And, and, and as he go, as he arise and eat, his instructions were for him to go. He was strengthened, okay? He was strengthened. But then it said he wanted that food 40 days and 40 nights. And then he shows up at a different place where we're going to begin today. He shows up at the Mount Harp. He's there. But he's also there in a cave. How many of us know that sometimes we find ourselves in cave situations where we want to isolate ourselves? We don't want to be bothered with nobody. Come on, let's be real, right? So we go in our own little cave. You know, some time ago they used to call it for the men, the the, the caveman room or whatever it was. And I said, no, that was the place of isolation. They didn't want to be bothered with anybody, you know. So, but here he is, Elijah, after a great victory. 
And that's something God lets us know. After a great victory, you can expect the adversary to show up. So there he is now. He's hiding in a cave. He's in a cave. Even though he's eaten some from the word of God, he's been fed. Now he's, he's hiding. So verse number 9 in 1 Kings chapter number 19, because we're going to continue with the journey, part 2. Uh, it says, and he came thither unto a cave, talking about Elijah. And the Bible says he lodged there. And then it goes and it says, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? Now, Elijah means Jehovah is God. Sometimes God says to us when we get in our pity party, what are you doing here? A lot of times we do have pity parties, right? And we don't, like, as we say, we, we hide out. We don't want to be bothering anybody. But God has a purpose and a mission for our lives. And he does not expect us to run and hide from the adversary. Amen. Now, verse number 10 says this. Watch, watch the scripture. Watch, watch, watch the conversation. Because we're talking about the dialogue that, that God is having with Elijah. Now, in verse 10, it says, And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain their prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it. Now, the things that we want to look at in verse number 10 is Elijah's response to God when God asks him, what are you doing here? First thing he does is he lifts up himself. He says, I'm the only one left that's serving you. He says, I and I alone. And then he says that, in other words, it's like this. Uh, nobody else is serving God except you. You know, sometimes we, 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 we can hear people speaking or teaching or talking to you in conversation. Sometimes you hear them, you know, it's all about pumping up themselves and putting down everybody else. And see, that's what Elijah was doing. When he's talking to God, he's saying to God, he said, listen. He said, now, I, I, I'm the only one that's left. And now, they're talking about the children of Israel said that they were seeking his life. Well, that's not true. They weren't seeking his life. He was running from Jezebel. He was running from his own unbridled passion and desires. You see, whenever we allow the enemy to put us on a run, we will come confused in our own minds. And so we want to make, ex- ooh, Holy Spirit, we want to make excuses for our behavior. Anybody ever made excuses for their behavior? Amen. I got some real folk in the house. Amen. So he wanted to make some excuses as if God didn't know any better. Because God knows. Now, let's look at now. He talks about how uh, they, have fors- they have forsaken the covenant. They have forsaken the law. But watch how God interacts with him, encounters with him in the dialogue in verse number 10. Now, in verse number 11. This is what God does in verse number 11. He says, and he said, because he's speaking to Elijah, 
And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, uh, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Now, let's, let's look at this, and let's, let's, let's break this down. Let's, let's break this down. What God does, he doesn't rebuke him for saying what he said in the previous verses. He, de- he does not rebuke him. But what God does, he gave him direction. See, God knows when, when we, we are in a confused state of mind. So what God will do, he, said, he needs some direction. He said, I'm going to give you some direction. But look at what God tells him to do. God tells him to go stand upon the mountain before the Lord. Then he said when the Lord passed by, uh, he goes on and he says, uh, there was a strong wind and it broke the mountains and then it broke it into pieces. But it says, but the Lord was not in the wind and then he talks about after the wind that was the earthquake but then he says the lord was not in the earthquake it's not that the lord has never been in those places whether it be in the wind or in the earthquake but in everybody's situation depends on the time god speaks in different ways see the problem sometimes the body of believers have is that they look for god to speak the same way But God doesn't speak to us all the same way. Depends on what the situation is and what the circumstances are, then God will speak in a different way. Now, keep your place in in 1 Kings chapter number 19, and we won't be be before you long. But let's go to the book of Job, Job chapter number 38, because we need to deal with this wind. Job chapter number 38. Job 38. Are we there? Job 38. Looking at verse number number one. Job chapter number 38, verse number one. It says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the what? Whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? So here... As, as Job is in conversation with the Lord, now the Lord answers him out of the whirlwind. Well, I, I, took, the, <laughs> I took the time to, to see what the Hebrew meaning of whirlwind means. And it said a whirlwind, and the word in Hebrew, it meant a hurricane. It means a storm. Some people always, I've encountered people that say, well, you know, God don't, that's not God in that hurricane. You know, that's the devil. No, God speaks to us however he wants to us in order to get our attention. See, here in Job now, he's telling him, he's even though it's a whirlwind, the same word, the whirlwind. Now, it's the things that's happening in nature. God will speak to us through things in nature in order to get our attention. Somehow, for whatever reason, what happened a few weeks ago with Hurricane Ian, we fully didn't grasp what God was saying. So what did the Lord do? He came again the second time. 
not as much destruction, but he began to show us his power. See, we got to look at the fact this is God speaking to us, and he's trying to get our attention. Some folks are, well, just them folks in Florida. No. No. God knows where to use, how to do it, and to see whether or not we're going to judge somebody else. I heard somebody say, well, you know, them folks need to get right. Well, what about you? How can we measure somebody else's life that we don't even know? How can we say those people are sinners and they need to get their lives right if we don't even know them? How can we judge somebody when we don't know what the situation is? It could just be God is using them as an example. Because God does use people as an example for other people to fear. God said if you rebuke openly so others may fear. So when God does that, that means he's trying to get all of our attention. He speaks to him. Because he says in verse 2, who is this that darkeneth counsel by words? And then he said, without knowledge. He says, you're speaking, but you don't know what you're saying. A lot of us, we speak, but we don't know what we're saying. We speak without knowledge, without understanding what the situation is or what the situation may be. Now, let's, let's, let's continue. Let, let's go now to the book called Nahum. Nahum chapter number one. Because, see, God does speak in the wind. The hurricane, he's speaking. It's a storm, he's speaking. He's just trying to get our attention. Nahum, chapter number one. If I, I gather they have it up. Nahum, chapter number one, verse number three. All right. It says this. It says, the Lord, praise God, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way, where? In the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds of the dust of his feet. The Bible specifically says the Lord has his way in the whirlwind. He has his way in the the hurricanes, in the storms. He has his way. He wants us to know this is me walking. Because it said, it says there in the latter part of that verse number two, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Right now, God is walking the earth. He's walking, he's walking, he's walking. But are we at a place where we hear his footsteps? He's walking up and down his earth. This is what he's doing. We need to pay attention to what God is doing. Because God is doing some great and mighty things. And we need to be fearful. And fearful in the sense of reverencing the Lord. A lot of people don't reverence the Lord anymore. When you, when you, when you, I wonder how many people, thank you Holy Spirit, I wonder how many people washing their cars this morning. Or how many people mowing their lawns. Getting up leaves and all this stuff. 
Uh, better yet, how many of them laying up in the bed and say, I can, I can watch it on TV? Well, if you're like me, when you sit down and watch a TV, next thing you know, the TV is watching you because you sleep. See, we, we got a lot of lies that we tell for why we're not where we're supposed to be. But whenever things really, really good, bad, people will show up at the house of God and they want to know, well, is the Lord coming? Well, you didn't want to know that them days you was out there hanging out doing what you wanted to do. But right now you're afraid, you're fearful. So we, we, need, to, we need to come out of that mindset and get in the place where we need to be. Because, see, when we come together in unity, there's strength in unity. That's strength in unity. We need to be in fellowship one with another. Now, let's go back now to 1 Kings because there's some interesting things here. 1 Kings chapter number 19, and we are going to look at verse number 18. You remember, you remember Elijah talks about how he was the only one left? You think about some of those people that you've encountered, and they say, I'm the only one serving God. I'm the only one living right. The devil is a lie. <laughs> now, verse number 18 and chapter number 19 of 1 Kings, 18, this is how God responds to his nonsense. Because you remember now, we will speak without knowledge. We will have words without knowledge. Now, 18 says, yet, this is God speaking, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So what he is saying now is I've got people that has not bowed down to him. Now, we're going to back up a minute. We're going to back up one minute. Let's go to uh, verse number 12 in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12. Now, remember now, he wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the earthquake. Now, verse 12 now, in, in 1 Kings chapter number 19, it says, And after the earthquake, Hey, man, you know the devil comes in so many ways, don't he? He comes in so many different ways. Because, see, what he was trying to do, he said, I don't want y'all to hear this. So what does he do? He silenced the mic. Go out. At the time you, <laughs> but you know what? God is still good. Amen. He's still on, he is still on the throne. Now, God, we was talking about how God speaks in so many different ways, depending on the situation. Now, let's look at. Exodus, chapter number 19. Now, keep your place in 1 Kings, okay? We're going to go to the book of Exodus. Exodus, 
chapter number 19. Just want to teach, just want to teach about this journey that we're on. Exodus chapter number 19. Because this journey called life, God speaks to us in so many different ways, and we have to be alert so we'll be able to recognize his voice when he's speaking and what he is speaking through. Amen. Because, you know, God can speak through a jackass. He did in the Bible. <laughs> he, spoke, he spoke through a jackass. But the writer didn't want to listen. Amen. <laughs> Not that I'm saying that we are jackasses. <laughs> we know it's just up to what, what we're doing at the time. Amen. All right. Now, okay, Exodus chapter number 19, looking at verse number 18. Number 18 says, And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in a what? A fire. He descends, the Lord descends, he comes down in a fire. Then he says, And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. So God has uh, spoken in the fire before. Because see, this, this is during the time of Moses and the children of Israel. He, 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 he descends and he begins to speak. Because see, sometimes we're hard-headed. And God has to come in a way that can really awaken us. Sometimes he has to really give us a real hard punch before we can hear. Or better yet, before we can listen. Amen. All right. Now, it also says now in verse number 19, it says, watch this. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by what? By a voice. It didn't say small voice. By a voice. God is speaking differently. There's a, there's a great commotion going on in order to get the attention of the people. All right. Come on. We're going to prove this back. Okay. He's descending in the fire. So he does speak through the fire. It just depends on who it is and what the situation is at this time. Okay. And he speaks in a voice. But he uses the fire Ooh, to get your, our attention. God uses our trials and tribulations in order to get our attention. He uses many things in our life on life's journey in order to get our attention just to hear his voice. What you been going through lately? What you been going through? Why, why you been going through it that way? Well, what, what you think about, what have you been going, we went through hell this morning. We literally did. Everything went crazy this morning. And I'm like, God, what's the purpose of all this? I mean, it was one chaotic stuff, situation right after the other. And finally the Lord says, settle down. I got something to say. If y'all could only imagine what goes on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Put a P in right there. All y'all folk that wants to be leaders, all you people 
that wants to be pastors and preachers, apostles and bishops and all them names they get themselves, welcome to the field of hell. When, when, okay, give you a prime example. This morning, we, you know, I've I, I called four different people I knew normally I can get them at any given time. Couldn't get them. Couldn't figure out what in the world was going on. See the van sitting in the parking lot still, couldn't figure out what was going on. Not until later we figured out what was going on. It was adversary in the midst of it all because he wanted to bring confusion. And the very thing we thought was missing, God said, there it is. I'm walking along. And I just happened to look back, and there it was. I was like, God, look at you. He said, Brenda, I'm working it out. Working it out. See, so many people think this is easy. See, that's all they see. They don't see all the other stuff that go with it. Lights, bill got to be paid, rent got to be paid, but don't put no money in the basket. Do we still want to be a leader? Do we still want to run up here and get this here? Welcome. Then my money can stay in my pocket and it can come out of your pocket to handle this thing right here that we want so bad. Baby, you don't want that. You do not want that. At any given time, here are the shoes. You're welcome to them. You're welcome to them. You're welcome. Are you willing to get up wee hours in the night and answer that phone and somebody going through? Are you willing to do that? And, baby, it just don't happen one night. Them calls come every single Sometimes my phone rang off and I'm like, good Lord. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to sacrifice your life? Because, see, that's what Elijah had to do. He had to sacrifice his own life to help others. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to sacrifice your time? Are you willing to do that? Because you know all of them. Are you willing to, oh, Holy Spirit, why you got me to heal? Are you willing to help your neighbor when they need some help? Especially if it's money. Are you willing to pay somebody else's rent? Pay they, are you, see, that's part of this right here. That's part of it. We say we got the love of God. Are you willing to hold on to somebody else's secrets and just pray about it? Until God bring them over on the other side. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to take all that in without judging them? I don't know why the Holy Spirit of God is here. But you know what? So many of us are so busy judging other folks' lives that we can't even judge our own. Y'all deal with the Holy Spirit. Now, he knows. He knows. Somebody said, well, we, we need to do this, and we need to do that, and we need to do that. Well, every new idea, and this is Dr. Manning's slogan, it's a true one. Every new idea costs some money. 
Are you willing to put the money in the pot for the idea that you got? Boy, it's quiet up in here, Sister Stephanie. It's quiet up in here. Welcome. Welcome to this. Welcome. I'll give it to you any given time. But you got to take the whole load. You can't, this is not, what is it? That, them restaurants where you pick and choose. Oh, no. This is not one of them pick and choose places up here. Burger King. And when you go down to them places where they get all that food that you can pick and choose what you want. And everybody then walked about and spreading all their germs. And that children's little snotty nose picking up the spoon and all that stuff. So you got to get all of that. Do you want all of that? You want that? Well, here, honey, here it is. I don't know why we're going here, but Holy Spirit, hey, I guess that's that voice. You see, some of us got dull of hearing. We only hear what we want to hear. When you talk to this sister here, you rest assured I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm listening. I may not be talking, but I'm listening. And after a while, I learned some stuff. As long as I listen. Okay, okay. All right, Holy Spirit. All right. All right. He said, that's done whooping. Okay. All right. Louder and louder. He called those people up. You know, sometimes, and see, in this, in this particular text, the people had made a decision. They thought they knew more than Moses, and they wanted to run things, and they wanted to handle things. And God told them, so listen, Moses, you go down, tell them to clean themselves up. That's, these supposed to be God's chosen people. God said, clean yourself up. Tell them, when you come on up, but you got to stay at the base of the mountain. Because, see, when God comes down, you don't want to hear what he's got to say. Because when he has to say some things, there are some, there are some times when we said, no, God, that's enough. Because that's what those people said. They told them, they told them, no, we don't want to hear no more. You go ahead and talk to God for us. Because when God comes down as fire, think about your trials and your tribulations, the situation that you're going through. See, you ain't, you ain't went through nothing yet. Some of us think we have, but listen, that's something that's over on the other side. Another pen. Another pen. Maybe I don't need to go here. Another pen. I discovered some things. We need to get our head up out of the sand. They're talking about in a few years about transhumanism. That means where you're going to be connected to the computer. It's in the works. It's in the works right now. Right now, it's in the works. Y'all remember a few, few months back, I told y'all I had a dream about digital currency? Y'all remember that? Do you not know right now China is on digital currency? That's where they're tracking your money. They want to put in this thing they call a wallet. And then that way, the government will have control of what you have, and your cash won't be no good. You won't be able to buy. All this stuff is going on right now under our noses, and we got our head buried in the sand. We're willing to believe whatever anybody tells us. And people running around here acting crazy. People that you, you know that have a calmness about them. People are dying. 
popul- there's a depopulation of people going on right now. I don't know why we're here. The adversary is using people to make sure the, the population is, is, is decreased. Because we got too many people. And they got all kinds of ways to depopulate. Well, after a while, forget about having some grandkids. Because they've got a system where they've got it set up. The ovaries, the sperm, they got all that stuff. They know, they know what to put in your body to make sure you cannot bring forth birth. Don't get your head out. Somebody said, oh, no, that's not possible. Give it a few years and you watch and see. You watch and see. Study something else, too. Inquire, oh, Holy Spirit, and you, we need to begin to inquire about what's really going on. We are shouting, we're screaming, we're hollering, we're praising God, and you know what? And the devil is sneakily having, having a field day right on our nose. And then we don't want to listen to anybody that will try to tell you what's really going on. You want to call them crazy? No. You better listen. You better listen. A lot of things going on. Heard a man said the other day. He said, "Lord, I hope they don't go to that digital currency." He said, "Cause I'm I'm real old. I'm used to handling money, cash." I said, "Well, you better find a way to do something, cause you won't be able to use it, cause the government is tracking, so they can make sure they got their hands on your money. And and if you don't want to put it in the, the way they tell you to put it in there, well, lo and behold, it won't be a bit of good to you." We're living in that time. We're living in that day. All right. Now, let's go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. I don't know if I put this up there or not. Deuteronomy chapter number four. Deuteronomy chapter number four. I'm praying that I did. If I didn't, we'll just have to go to it and find it. Deuteronomy chapter number four. Deuteronomy chapter number four. And we're going to look at verse... Oh, yeah, verse 11 and 12 in Deuteronomy chapter number 4. Because we're still dealing with the earthquake and the fire, okay? Now, Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse number 11 says, And ye came near and stood under the mountain, talking about the people, because God had called them to come to the, mount, uh, the mountain of God, which is hard. He said, And ye came near and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire unto the midst of heaven, with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. Verse number 12 says, And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the what? The fire. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitudes, only you heard a voice. You only heard a voice. He speaks to them out of the fire. How is God speaking to you today? Think about it. What's going on in your own personal life that you can't literally understand? It could be God is just trying to get our attention. He's speaking in a voice. He's speaking in a voice. He's trying to get our attention, not the world. The body of Christ. Why the body of Christ? 
It is because it's the body of Christ that's going to be judged first. We're going to be judged first. So, so God is speaking to us. He's speaking. Sometimes on this journey, minister, sometimes on this journey, I, I'm, I get tired. Do y'all, anybody else get tired besides me? <laughs> I get tired. And I said, Lord, when is this going to end? But then the Lord reminds me that it ends when he says that it's going to end. And I need to start eating and get back on the stick and get back on the journey. Because, see, life is a journey. Life is a journey. And some days, and I praise God, some days I just try to rest and rest and rest as much as I can because we never know what God is saying next, what, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next. But God does speak through the fire. He speaks through the, the fire of your trials that you're having to go through, okay? Now, let's go back to 1 Kings. We're almost done. Let's go back to 1 Kings chapter number 19. Let's go back. First Kings chapter number 19. First Kings chapter number 19. Talking about the journey. First Kings chapter number 19. <clears throat> he talks about in verse number 18 how God speaks to him and let him know that you ain't the only one that's serving me. He says, I've got, he says 7,000. You have to understand something. When it talks about numbers, the way God computes numbers is not the way we compute numbers. So that means there's a mask of people that God has that has not bowed down to Baal, which means the adversary. They have not even kissed him. They have not even embraced him. And then verse number 19 says, So he departed thence, and he found, he found his successor. And we don't want to deal with that just yet. That's is another time. Now, look at verse number 13 in 1 Kings chapter number 19. Because that verse number 19 is going to carry us into what's going to happen at the end of our journey. So we don't want to go there just yet. Just yet. We don't want to go there just yet. All right, 1 Kings 19, looking at verse number 13. Watch how... He responds, Elijah responds, when he hears that small, small, still voice. It's a, it's, it's, it, the, the way the writer puts it, he says, it's a still, peaceful, small. You could miss it if you weren't observant, but it still is a voice. His voice is a similitude of who he is. Now, watch what happens in verse number 13. 1 Kings chapter 19. Verse 13 says, And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave and behold, there came a voice unto him saying, What doest thou here, Elijah? When he hears the voice, 
The Bible says he wraps his face in his mantle. Let me tell you about that mantle. God give you a mantle. You better be careful how you steward that mantle. Because if you don't steward the mantle that God has given you, it will crush you. So he takes them, he takes it and he wraps his face in the mantle. But it's, then it goes on, he says, and he went out. That meant that he was so deep down in the cave. Because you remember now, he was running from the devil. He was running from Jezebel. The message that she sent. So he is deep. Have you ever been so low that you're deep back in that thing? I mean, yeah, that darkness, you, 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 you deep. You seem like you can't get out. He was way back in the cave. Do you not know depression can put you way back in the cave? Do you not know some of the things that you go through will put you way back in the cave? And it's hard to hear the voice of God. Because you're still hearing that message coming from Satan. But then, after everything, God had to do all that stuff to get his attention. And then all of a sudden, God's very silently, as if he's not even there, a peace comes. And then he hears. You see, you can't hear God in the midst of chaos or confusion. When everything is crazy going on, rumbling, all that, you can't hear him. But when it's still, when it's still, when he's peaceful, all of a sudden, he comes out of the cave. See, oh, Holy Spirit, if you can hear the voice, whatever you're going through, you can come out of. If you can hear the voice, whatever you go, whatever has us so deep in the cave, once we're able to hear that small, still voice, we can come up out of it. But we've got to be willing to hear. Now, I've got to hurry up. I've got to hurry up. I've got to hurry. I've got to hurry. He comes out. He comes out now. He comes out. Finally, he's following the instruction of God. Verse 14 says, watch, 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 watch us. Verse 14, 1 Kings chapter number 19, it says, And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain their prophets with a sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. He still pity party. But I'm going to take you somewhere in our end time now. Let's go. Last verses. Let's go to the book of Revelations. Revelations. Revelations chapter number two. Revelations chapter number two. We're almost done here. Revelations chapter number two. Revelations chapter number two. Looking at verse number 18. We're going to read 18 through 21. Verse number 18. Never think that this Jezebel is a, a person. You've got to look deeper than that. You've got to look through the Spirit. Now, Revelation chapter number 2, looking now at verse, beginning at verse number 18. And it says, And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, 
Who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass? He says in 19, I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last shall be more than the first. See, you can be doing a whole lot of good things and still miss the mark. They were doing all good things. They were doing all good things. They, they was good about works. They was good about service. They was even strong in their faith. They even had patience. But watch what God says now in verse number 20. He says, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou suffereth that woman Jezebel, which causes herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Verse 21, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Now, what we see now in our end time is the spirit of Jezebel. It's the spirit of Jezebel. It's this unbridled passion and desire, the, 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 the spirit of Jezebel. And that spirit of Jezebel was teaching and seducing the servants. What was she uh, seducing and teaching them to do? To commit fornication. So God, I said, God, what, what is the spirit of Jezebel? He said, first of all, it's the spirit of compromise. Have you compromised with anything here lately? Spirit of compromise. It's false teaching and doctoring. It's deception. It's teaching people to go astray. See, all this is happening right now in the end time. It's a lack of submission to authority and you're in defiance. And the, the last key thing is sexual immortality. Both in the spirit realm and in the physical. Think about now. Everything goes. Sexual immortality. In other words, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. In other words, God said no limits. No limits. When I said no limits, no limits to whatever the act is they want to do. No limit. Have you, oh, Holy Spirit, I know not. Have you, have you tried some new things that you never tried before? Talking about sexual immorality. The crossing over. Huh, the crossing over and saying it's okay. See, you got to watch that spirit now. You got Because it's the spirit of Jezebel. It's having you to go against all that you know, all that you've been taught, to go along and compromise with what's going on. Mm -mm. See, that spirit is operating right now. That spirit is operating. It's operating. In your lifetime, in my lifetime, I don't know what's going to be for my grandkids and the great-grandkids when they come along. What's really going to be going on is so much stuff going on. But that spirit is in operation right now. Right now. That spirit is in operation right now. 
talking about the journey, <laughs> the journey, the journey. You're going to see all these things in your journey. In your journey. You think about what's happening. Think about what's happening. Look around. Observe. And see what's really happening. You will be surprised when we take the, the veil off our face and really look at what's really happening, what's going on in this world. Things we see right now we never thought we'd ever see. I think Minister Tom and myself is probably the, the oldest two people, no, and, and Brother Raymond, probably the, only, the oldest three people in this place and we've witnessed things happening now that we have never, ever witnessed before in our lives. We have to be very careful. That spirit of Jezebel is in operation. Amen. All right, let's give God a hand clap of praise for our word. Amen. The journey, the journey, the journey, the dialogue that we have. If it be God's will, if it